Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host Daryl Amy here today with the one, the only Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? I'm I'm excited because I'm actually, as we're recording this, I'm two weeks away from opening day today. So, life's for baseball good. junkie and go Dodgers, and maybe the third time's the charm, Daryl. Maybe the Dodgers will make it to the World Series and actually win this year. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. You can't see Larry behind Larry, but if you ever get it, the the chance to have a, a meeting with him, you'll see the entire wall behind his desk in his office is plastered with uh, Dodgers paraphernalia and sports stuff. I think it's hilarious that you've been driving conversations in the sports marketing and sales world recently. Good fit, finally, <laughs> all that blue behind you. So, hey, if you're new, <laughs> so I'm glad baseball's back. You can stop whining about it. Oh, stop uh, it. it'll be <laughs> it'll be good we've got an incredible dynamic duo on the podcast today but before we introduce our special guests let me just welcome you if you're new to the selling from the heart podcast welcome you've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine being authentic delivering real value doing the hard work we call it selling from the heart and larry man it's just a month away from outbound right now um, the outboundconference.com and you're going to be there. I'm going to be there and uh, boy, it's going to be a fantastic event. Uh, you know what? I'm looking forward to it. Last year was good. I think this year is going to be even better. I know tickets are far out selling what they did last year. Yeah. I, I'm, I can't believe they're still available. And by the way, if you go to outboundconference.com, um, if they're still available and I think some are, you enter the code heart 100 and you get $100 off, thanks to uh, Mr. Larry Levine and the Selling from the Heart podcast. But that's going to be exciting. I can't wait. I hope, I hope a bunch of you get to go there. We'll look forward to meeting you in person. But I want to dive into today's podcast because this is going to be a blast. We have the dynamic duo here. Uh, we have Diana Guerin, founder of the Trade Show Makeover. She helps people stop leaving money on the trade, trade show floor. What's going on, Diana? How are you today? Hey, Daryl. I'm fantastic. I'm really happy to be here with, um, I, I love Larry. Um, congratulations on uh, going to Outbound. I think that's thank a you, thank outstanding you. Yeah. conference. Many of our, many of Sean's and my very good friends are there. So Yeah, and that's our second guest, Sean Carroll Sandy, the Chief Revenue Officer of the Selling Agency, coaching humans how to sell to other humans. Uh, what's going on, Sean? Welcome. Hey, guys. Great to be here with my, my, Partner crime, Diana Guerin. <laughs> this is going to be a blast. The topic today is going to be so much fun. But before we dive into it, let me just throw out there the question that we ask all of our guests. And I think it's going to be a softball for both of you based on what I know about you. But what does it mean to you when you hear the words selling from the heart? I'm going to toss this over to Sean first. Well, I, I mean, that's part of, you know, of selling from one human to another. I mean, you're not selling to zombies. We're not selling like robots. Um, you can't fake the funk anymore because <laughs> people smell the desperation and 
you know, fakeness or manipulation. It's like a stinky cologne. It precedes you and people will get a whiff of it and then we'll just run. Okay. So, well, well, yeah, okay. So, you, you know, <laughs> so there we got a, first of all, Sean's getting a don't reek of commission breath t-shirt immediately following this show. Cause that's great. You can't fake the funk. That's brilliant. I love Sean. I love Sean already because I know, right? I, I mean, it, it's just commission breath all over the place, and that's what I always said. It's like the last chapter of my book's all about being an empty suit, and I just said, you know what? People smell the odor the minute you walk in. They smell mm -hmm. the odor of commission breath. They can see it. Mm -hmm. They look in your eyes and they can see it. But what I really like when you say the human to human, because I talk about it all the time, is we failed to humanize what we do. We're dehumanizing what we do because. Right. So much stuff, there's so much noise, there's so much technology. I'm not anti-technology, but there's so much of it that we lean on that and we forget that it's just one human having another conversation with another human. Yeah. yeah. Empathy is, is, the, is how we understand each other. And if it's not, you know, if we can't come to the table to understand someone else's point of view, you can't sell them anything. Um, yeah, very, very simple. Diana and I talk about this a lot on the sellout show and it, she's, she's loving breathing it all day too. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so so to let, set a little context. I mean, it is true that Sean has her own selling agency and I have the trade show makeover, but the reason why we're on this podcast is I'm sure that you have so many people flocking to you that you have to double them up usually, but um, the reason we're here together <laughs> is because we both, um, we run a video cast called The Sellout Show on YouTube, and we've been doing that for a couple of years, so that's, that's why you've got both of us together. But to kind of, to answer your question about, you know, what does selling from the heart mean, um, I think, it, you know, Larry just does it the best with his empty suit thing. It's when you show up and you've got a human in your, in your suit, and you're talking to another human. Um, I truly believe that business to business selling is more emotional than business to consumer selling. And here's why nobody ever lost their job over buying the wrong watch. Wow. Nice. Yeah. So when you're selling to people, first of all, if you're not, if you're not passionate and madly in love with what your product or service does for your customers' lives, how it makes them better, um, then you probably shouldn't be doing it because it's your passion that drives your ability to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. And I don't care what level you're at in a company, C-suite, it's emotional and passionate, whatever they're doing about their business. The reason that they bring home <laughs> their work with them, they care deeply. Right. So I think oh, that's, that's so why good. selling from the heart is important. Well, it, it, you know, it's interesting because one of, one of the things that I ask salespeople to do all the time, and I challenge them to do it, is why don't you go ask your clients and sometimes even ask prospects, maybe that haven't done business with you before, what do you expect from a salesperson? You know, what's that ideal person look like? And you're going to start hearing things like, I just want to, you know, I want somebody who cares, right? I want somebody who's looking after my best interests and so forth. And all of a sudden I go, well, then if that's what they're saying, then why do you do the opposite? I mean, you're a complete moron by doing the complete opposite. Just do what they ask of you and watch what happens. Yeah. We find it so difficult. That's why yesterday, you know, I threw a video out there um, on social and I said, hey, you know, what's it mean to sell from the heart? And, you know, you get all these responses and I go, then why is it so hard for salespeople to sell from the heart? If you ask them, they will tell you. Then I go, what prevents that? And then that just opens up a can of you know what? Mm. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I think a good part of that answer is going to be uh, found in today's podcast because Sean, I'm I'm like really fascinated by the research that you're doing right now with buyers. We had Mike Schultz on the call from Insight Selling a couple weeks ago, and and there's like the the research into buyers. You're doing like the on the street interviews with buyers right now, asking them what they think about salespeople. Right? Tell us about that. Well, I, I it's. It's interesting to say, yes, we know we should do this. Just like we know we should exercise and we know we should eat well. Mm. And we know, but why don't we? Well, mm -hmm. really, kind of the basis of everything is fear. Why salespeople show up and try techniques and manipulation and stuff is because they fear that, you know, they're going to be found out to be a fraud. Mm. So then what happens is we, you know, we've set the precedent for every buyer filtering their previous experiences through what their expectation will be of answering the phone, replying to an email, taking a meeting. Mm -hmm. So what, in, in effect, what we're doing is all this terrible precedent and all these tactics, tactics manipulation, it's making our job harder mm. to be great salespeople and to, to show up and to sell from the heart. And, you know, to echo that sentiment, I think of selling as a service. If I can flip salespeople to think about selling as it's a service to people. How you sell as a service. It's the first place, the first opportunity you have to add value to someone is how you sell. And you're helping them make decisions, educated, insightful decisions, instead of, you know, trying to win. You know, it's on, Diana laughs when I say, it used to be like an arm wrestling match, right? <laughs> With a winner and a loser. And now it's more like a, a symphony and you're the conductor of the orchestra and you've got to bring all these people together and crescendo, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, so, but I, I, I don't know that people are hearing what buyers are actually saying. And why is that? That's really weird. But yeah, man on the street interviews is a really good way for, to describe what I'm doing with this um, research, because if you're getting candid, pithy responses from people and that it, I set the precedent. If you could say anything to a salesperson, what would you say? And some <laughs> of them are angry and irritated. Some of them give good examples of, hey, this is what I really want. Um, you know, people aren't listening to me and they're running over to me and they don't know what my business is. It's all kind of the same answer, but you'd be surprised to hear just how irritated buyers are with crappy salespeople doing a crappy job for them. So can I share my favorite insight that you found, Sean? Yes. I hope it's not, I hope it's not going to, you know, now, now you don't have to buy the book. You have to buy the book. Know, is it a spoiler? Or buy the book. But I think what's most fascinating is the people aren't telling Sean that they want us to drop dead and not call on them. They just want us to be better. Well, that's strange because that's not what Larry hears. But that's well, very interesting. People don't want Larry calling him. But that's <laughs> I'm cool. just kidding. We're about sales. No, no that, that's fascinating. So, so you're learning from the buyers that, they don't want us to drop dead, which is good news because, I mean, conventional wisdom is that, right? Buyers mm -hmm. overall want salespeople to, but to go away. What, what do they want? What do you, so what are they, what are they saying? Like what, 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 what are they saying that they want? This is great. They want you to do your homework. They want you to know okay. their business and they want you to listen. They want you to be better. Yeah. They don't want you to, to, to go away. They want salespeople to be better. Mm. No, and, and I'd amen on that one. And, and, and it's just so interesting because the last word you just said is listen. And it's interesting because they'll listen just long enough. Yes. 
so they can pounce on something, right? They're just, right. they're just dying to say something, you know, it, and I say, you know, you got to listen with the, with the intent to learn and understand as opposed to listen, just to spew your mouth the minute they take a pause. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I'm listening. <laughs> active listening. Yeah, and you can't see Sean's nodding. Oh Lord. Oh my gosh. The uh, <laughs> so uh no, like I'm curious though, like what's the most shocking thing or the funniest thing that you've heard so far? Oh my gosh. Um well I have one woman, she just pissed. She really? uh, she and her husband own a microbrewery okay. and she said people come in there and they want to talk to my husband and oh. I'm like, he's the brewer. I do everything else. And it doesn't even matter if I tell them that I'm the one that makes all the purchasing decisions. They want to march right back there. I'm like, you can't. And so she's just really pissed. Wow. And the other thing she said too, which I thought was really great insight was she said, we're a microbrewery and at a certain point, other microbreweries, they like your five, they explode and she'll have people coming in and assuming that, well, let me help you explode and let me help you explode your growth. And she's like, no, I, I don't want that. I like to go pick up my kids from school. And mm. no one's asked her or listened to what she wants and is driving to in her business. Mm. And that to me is just like, that was her and her. She's got, I'm going to definitely use some of her stuff in the book. She, she, uh, she said something wow. about, um, listening to her and being something to affect of being as, about as oddless as a toddler or yoga pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's some good euphemisms. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it, that doesn't surprise me because I've been in that situation. Um, people say, let me speak to Mr. Sandy. I'm like, well, he's not here. Well, can I speak to Sean? Th That's me. Well, you know, they don't even believe it's my own name. Like, That's some crazy oh, crap. Out there. Yeah. Wow. But this is, I mean, this is good news, right? I mean, this, and this, do your homework, know their business, listen with intent to learn. I mean, these are the things, um, you know, and, and this is what we're talking about all the time on the Selling from the Heart podcast is authenticity is relational, but it's also substantive, right? You've got to bring the goods. You've got to show up with something to add to the conversation, some type of insight, some type of value. And if you don't, you know, if you don't do that homework, you are the empty suit, right? You're that. So that's, that's fascinating. What else are you learning from the, the conversations? Well, it definitely echoes something that Diana taught me. She articulated this and she's brilliant at this. And I would love for her to explain it is that whether it's a cold call or a meeting, your customers want to be successful too. Hmm. How novel is that? Right, Diana? Yeah, so this came out of uh, this came out of a really awesome show that we did about cold calling, mm -hmm. um, because my my perspective is that people are um, unsuccessful at cold calling. So just a little background: I blogged for about ten years as the irreverent sales girl. I love that. By <laughs> so the way. Um, and my my forte is uh, outbound and prospecting and cold calling, and I cold calling is not dead. So you know that's that's I'm on team cold calling is not dead. <laughs> um, but I think one of the reasons why people really hate being cold called is because they're not successful on the call. Um, well, not only that, they don't know what to say. Well, right. So as a salesperson, I think that the, I, I think your job is to make your prospect successful. 
So, you know, one of the things to, one of the things I talk about is, you know, give them, give them opportunities to be successful. So they get on the phone and I say, hello, may I speak with Larry? And you're like, this is Larry. And I'm like, hi, Larry. Now I've made you successful because we have identified that you are Larry. <laughs> right? Okay, so Larry has now been successful once and he's heard his own name and he can check that box. Right? And then here's what a cold caller does. They're like, Hi, this is Diane. I'm kind of blah, 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 and I'm on a boat. And all of and Larry's like, whoa, what? I was just on the computer. I was digging into my taxes. I took this call. I have no idea. You know, people go so fast through that introduction. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even sure. Like, I don't say my name right away unless unless somebody knows who Diana is when I'm calling them, which mostly on the cold call they don't. I will often say, you know, Larry, you don't know me yet. But here's why I'm calling. I'm calling because I found this article that you wrote about uh, this marketing issue that you're having. And I think I have a good idea for you. Do you have a minute to talk about that? So now Larry's been successful because he knows why I'm calling. He knows that he's not knowing me, right? So right. I, I call this the all my exes live in Texas open. <laughs> <laughs> Larry's like, oh my God, okay, Diana's on the phone. Uh, did was I supposed to call her back? Was I did I have a meeting with her and I'm missing it? You know, like his mind's racing, but when I say you don't know me yet, it lets him off the hook, right? Yeah. So, so then he knows why I'm calling. But then you've got to do you've got to do the vampire open. And anybody who teaches you differently than this, and I hope you guys don't teach this, but you've got to do the vampire open. So okay. do, you know, do you know what it is about a vampire that is special when it comes to cold calling? I have no idea. No, that, I, I've never heard this, so lay it on us. <laughs> a vampire cannot do you any harm unless you invite them over the threshold. Okay. Right? So now I'm not saying you want to do your customer harm because you don't, but the idea <laughs> is I am not allowed into the conversation until you've invited me in. Right. Okay. So when I say there's something I want to talk to you about that has to do with an article that I just read that you wrote about marketing, do you have a minute? Can we talk about that now? And then be quiet and listen to their answer. When they say yes, then you're in a conversation. So now Larry's been successful three times on the call and he's more interested in having this conversation with me because he knows, he knows we may not do business together, but he knows he's going to be successful with me. Nice. No, hey, you, I just keep, wow. There's some good <laughs> stuff in there because I, I look back at all the days I had to sit in bullpens, right, and, and read from scripts, and it drove me absolutely freaking batty, which is going to uh -huh. lead to my next question is, there's so, there's so many people out there that teach scripts, right? Script this, script that, and so forth. And I think scripts form a foundation, but if, if all you do is follow scripts, I, in my opinion, you've dehumanized everything. But that's why I say, you know, listening's the new form of prospecting. And especially with everything that's out there for sales reps to grab a hold of, to start a conversation. I just think if you can, you know, and that's where it's spot on, Diana, when, when you said, if you can open up something by finding some article they can relate to or something like that about their company, where you've just humanized it and you've brought that into the conversation in the first 15 to 20 seconds, I think one, it just changes the whole tone of the phone call. Mm-hmm. It really does. And the thing that I just learned recently about personalization from a research perspective that I think is fascinating. So anybody who's doing outbound and cold calling, it's, it's a really interesting piece. 
is if you can personalize it, like I just said with Larry, like I read your article and, I, and you said this and I had an idea about that, great. If you can do person to person like that, that's fantastic. People will respond to that. People will respond to, I was reading this industry piece. Right. How does it impact your business? Yeah. But you'll get positive response, but you'll get negative response if you bring up their company. I was just bringing about, I was just reading this about GE, or I know this about GE, or, you know, it's, if you can do something personal, personal, great. If you yeah. can do industry, how does that impact you personally inside your business? Yeah. Great. Don't bring up their company. Because here's the thing, whatever's on their website is old anyway. You don't know what the hell is going on in, your in their company, and they do, and it comes off, uh, it comes off really bad. Yeah, interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So that's all I got. And the mic drop. So um, I, that, I mean, that's good. I've never heard the uh, vampire analogy for that great? That beautiful. That's, that's really, I mean, I've never called a vampire beautiful either. But, <laughs> <laughs> that's the first. So how does the human, I love, by the way, Sean, I love uh, how he, coaching humans, how to sell to other humans. What's the alternative to humans selling to humans? Probably the stuff you're learning as you interview buyers. Sounds like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Which is how a lot of people do it. So I think, you know, selling from the heart and what we're talking about, it's like, here's where I think we get it wrong. Um, we, Diana and I've talked to, we take our show on the road, just super fun. And we talked to some groups where, you know, they're taking an SDR straight out of college, like little junior woodchucks straight out of college. And yeah. think about going from, you know, you're, you're just getting into adulthood, you go to college and then you start your first job. It's like you go in your parents' closet and you put on their suit, you're playing dress up. The thing we do is we tell people that, well, now to be successful, you've got to put on this persona. Uh -huh. And you wear a suit and you show up and say, well, hello there, Mr. Customer. Can I interest you in this blah, 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 jargon, technical stuff? And uh -huh. we just say, strip your personality out of it. So you sound like every other empty uh -huh. suit or robot or zombie or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's now we're working really hard to say it's okay to be human, to bring your personality into it because yeah. that's, you know, people making purchasing decisions where there's risk involved and potential, you know, your job might be on the line or other people's right. jobs might be on the line. That's a very human thing. And they want to talk to a human that can maybe empathize with their problems or that they're, that they don't know what the right thing to do is, or that they need more information or whatever. I mean, like if we can bridge that gap and begin having conversations where we understand we're not just talking to, to, to the, to the company, you know, uh, uh, spokesperson or, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not set buying from a brochure. It's from yeah. a person. And yeah. that's just a big shift that we've got to get out of the, you know, empty suit and, you know, scripts and all that stuff. And I, I believe in a template and a prompt that you can personalize and customize, but not one size fits all for sure. No, and, and, it's, and it's interesting because I remember a long time ago, and this goes back probably 25 years ago. It's kind of when I had my light bulb moment when I got slapped by a CFO because I was what you were just talking about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
I didn't know that this person was, you know, actively engaged, right? He was calling in salespeople. I just happened to be one of many that were walking in to these appointments. Mm-hmm. And he exposed me, you know, 25 years ago. He goes, you all walk, talk, and act the same way. You're asking scripted questions, though they might be a little bit different. But so I was exposed, right? I was exposed back then, 25 years ago, I'll admit it, right, as an empty suit. And, and that was my big light bulb moment because at, at least I had enough cojones to close my notebook. And then I just stopped because I go figure I'm going to lose this deal anyway, right? Might as well just get a life lesson. And I just asked, I just asked the CFO, I said, hey, you know, what would you do, right? Game over, right? You've already exposed me, so might as well, right? I, I mean, I don't care. And the guy gave me the best life lesson ever. He just goes, you know what? Why don't you just come in here and show that you care and ask me questions about me mm. and find out what's going on. And I go, you know, bingo, wow. And, and life was better after that. So, you know, it's a condensed version. We're still friends to this day. He lives in the same city I do. And we laugh about it to this day <laughs> because, you know, it, it was my schooling moment. But there's so many people out there that, that act one way the minute they walk into that office. Mm. And then the minute they leave, they act like there's somebody else. And I go, you know, to me, it's, it's too hard to juggle multiple personalities. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, you get what you get with me. And that's what I learned, you know, 25 years ago, yeah. you know, so that, that's I, what I have to jump in. I know it's like, I'm listening and then I got to yeah. say what I have to say, but it's so brilliant what you're saying. And this is exactly why I loved getting into the trade show business is because because it's an opportunity to be with other humans. But one of the first things that we talk about, Larry, is exactly what you're saying, is if you're standing there, if you are in your booth, you should be out, you should be out meeting the people too. But if you're in your booth, put the table to the back mm-hmm. and create an area. And what this is, is a discovery zone. Yeah. There is no pitch zone. There is no demo zone unless somebody begs you for one, which you should then give it to them. We are now in a discovery zone where you are invited into our home to have any conversation that you want to with us and we're interested in you and we'll discover things about each other and if it looks like we should have a conversation about sales, we will put it on the calendar and have it when I can, when you can have my undivided attention. And I think that's such a beautiful way. There's no script. There's a discovery zone. Oh, anyway, <laughs> I, just, I just couldn't help myself. I, it's, the, the trade shows are such a human heart selling place where you can, we crave connection. Don't oh, we that's know? so good. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, all of all the places that I, I think I feel the most fake, it's at a trade show. Right? Right? You're yeah. standing there like a spokes model and blah, 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 you know, and um, yeah. Oh, that's good. What if I said, Daryl, come in and have a bottle of water. If uh-huh. you're feeling anything like mine, let's just have a seat. And what are you learning at this conference? What did you come here for? Brilliant. Brilliant. I think that's so good. There's so much to learn. We're, oh man, we're like running up against the time wall here. So hey, Sean, like words of wisdom. Like if you could say one thing to the Selling from the Heart global audience, what would, what would you say? Oh gosh, I would. <laughs> I would say <laughs> it better be good. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. Drum roll, please. I'm gonna make it super, super simple. It's a hashtag. Learn harder. You don't have to outsell your competitors. 
you have to outlearn them. So outlearn them so you can out persist, you can out um, outplay, you can um, you can outlast them. It, it comes to, down to what you're willing to learn. Man, we're kindred spirits. That's awesome. That's so good, Diana. Anything to add? Yeah, um, you can say you can scale business processes, but you cannot scale relationships. Yes. And um, relationships are what sell. Yeah. So good. Wow. So good. Man, thank you so much for joining us today. This is, if you haven't listened to the sellout show, check it out. You're going to love because you got to get you more of this. I mean, this is so good. This is great stuff. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I mean, you're both kindred spirits of the Selling from the Heart podcast and the you're Selling from the Heart champions to the core. I mean, this is great, Larry. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you everybody for joining us this week. As always, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep doing the hard work and learn harder. We're gonna adopt that hashtag now. And most <laughs> of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.